Is America on the brink? National security expert Claire Lopez identifies several critical areas of concern that we the people must get under control to keep our nation safe on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Bentford. I'm your host, Gary Bentford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also find the video version of this podcast at RadioInfluence.com, YouTube, Rumble, Conservative Television of America. Hope you'll check out the podcast and tell your friends about it. Leave a rating and a review. And I'm looking to bring the top conservative guests I can get. And boy, are we loaded and locked for the future. Right now, already raring to go. We have Dr. Candace Taylor, Gene Ho, Mel Kay, Trevor Loudon, and Tracy Beans with others to follow. So please keep an eye out because this is the show that will bring on people that'll tell it like it is, unabashed, uncensored. Now, Are we on the brink? Well, I think everybody understands that. What can be done about it? Our guest not only knows what the problems are, she has some solutions. So let's get into it. You know, when things go wrong in the country and I'm really concerned about what's going on, there's only one place that I go. The first call is always made to our guests because she has answers. You talk about a national security expert, she's on it. I'm elated to bring back to the show, the president of Lopez Liberty LLC, Claire Lopez. And Claire, thanks for coming back. Thank you, Gary, for having me. Always glad to be back on the show with you. Same here, and I miss our get-togethers down at Rock the Red in South Carolina, when on Saturday night, three straight years, we'd stay up all night long trying to solve the problems of America. It's, it's amazing we can solve them, but the people that run the country can't. Well, I wish we could. Um, seems like it's getting more complicated by the day and um, things are not going in the right direction right now. That is what I wanna to talk to you about. But before we get into, are we on the brink and what we can do to avert this, please tell people who you are and give them some of your background so they will understand why your vast knowledge of having worked outside of the country and in the country makes you the perfect person to talk about national security. Well, uh, after finishing my graduate studies at the Maxwell School of Syracuse University uh, with a master's in international relations uh, focused on then the Soviet Union, uh, I spent 20 years Uh, undercover Russia division of the CIA. And that is where I got that experience all over the world, um, serving in many places around the globe, Uh, invaluable experience. Um, Since then, I uh, have worked in the private sector for a number of federal contracting companies, Battelle being one of them and some others. Uh, And then I gravitated towards the think tank world of Washington, D.C and uh, was um, uh, happy to be the executive uh, director for the Iran Policy Committee first, and then after that, about 10 years with the Center for Security Policy, uh, and uh, began as a senior fellow, and then six years more uh, as the vice president for research and analysis. And all of that 
focused on national security issues. You know, as I began my career, as I said, I was focused on Russia, Soviet Union at the time. But after 9-11 is when I really turned my attention towards the Middle East, did a deep dive with plenty of help from wonderful mentors, anybody from John Guandolo, Steve Coughlin, Andy Bostom, Robert Spencer, Bill Gothrop, Bill Wagner, uh, learned from all of them and many more. Um, so a deep dive uh, uh, in uh, Iran in particular, uh, but uh, the, the broader Middle East um, made several trips, uh, multiple trips to Israel, a uh, small country, traveled uh, the length and the breadth of it many times. Um, but also then during these last few years, uh, when attention really um, focused on China, on the Communist Chinese Party, mm -hmm. uh, my attention turned there as well. And I did another deep dive um, and uh, did a lot of studying and reading uh, about China, its history, uh, its leadership, the Chinese Communist Party, of course, um, the People's Liberation Army, and uh, its unique uh, brand of civilian military fusion, as they call it, that runs China's offensive biological weapons program. So all of this, uh, and uh, now I've been independent, as you say, Lopez Liberty LLC, don't have a website yet, got to work on that. Um, but um, working across the uh, the span of, of all these various uh, expertises. Claire, that's vast. And you've hit all kind of hotspots, Russia, China, Iran, all trying to, in one way or the other, bring we the people down. But you also have been recently involved in what it looks like the American people are finally waking up to understand is what they are now calling the most pertinent issue in the upcoming 2024 election, and that's the security of our borders. And it's amazing to me that it took this long because we've been jumping up and down for years saying the border is not safe and the people that you know and you involved with that you will tell us about they told us we've seen footage, you and I, that every year in South Carolina, they're showing things. You've been there, all the, been involved with the Tom Holman movie and, and Tom Trento. Why is it all of a sudden now the mainstream media has decided after Mayorkas and by now the border's safe, the border's secure. Why are they suddenly now saying, oops? You know, Gary, I think it's the magnitude uh, of, of the, uh, the flood of illegal aliens pouring across that border during the last three plus years of the Biden administration. Yes, as you say, I've had the great good fortune of working with Tom Trento and also Tom Homan at the United West. Take a look at mm -hmm. theunitedwest.org or .com. Either one will take you to the website um, where there is a tab for Defend the Border. And there you can watch the documentary film produced by the United West called um, The, uh, the uh, Death County and River of Broken Dreams. Death County and the River of Broken Dreams featuring Tom Holman. Uh, also many other articles and shorter uh, videos at that website. Um, and so, yeah, you and we have been, uh, you know, talking about this for 
a long, long time. I myself um, uh, was down on the southern border at Eagle Pass in Texas just uh, several months ago in uh, mid-2023. And um, we've been watching, you know, the flood of illegals pouring across that border. But I think it's now the magnitude of the flood. We've had, you know, excellent uh, journalist reporters like Todd Bensman, Michael Yan, uh, reporting to us consistently about this for years. Now, finally, it's getting some traction. Part of the reason has to do, I think, with the decisions by governors, Ron DeSantis of Florida, and Greg Abbott of Texas to bus and fly uh, illegals uh, who signed consent forms and agreed to go, uh, but sending them to sanctuary cities. Well, New York City, Chicago, for example, um, all of a sudden they're not so sanctuary anymore because now for the first time they are feeling the impact of hordes of unvetted, unchecked, no background check, no health check, no nothing, uh, illegals flooding into their cities with nowhere to put them. They're winding up on the street or camped out in airports like at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Uh, and all of a sudden, the budgets of, of these sanctuary cities have to deal with uh, healthcare, education, housing, and so many more expenses that were not in their budget before. But this is what border states like Texas and like Arizona in particular, those two others as well, but those two uh, have been dealing with for years. And as we say, every state now is a border state. And it's not just the flood of illegals. It's what they're bringing with them, which is mm -hmm. criminality which is human trafficking, trafficking of women, girls, children into sex slavery or into involuntary labor, servitude, underaged kids working in meatpacking plants through the middle of the night, for example. Um, also coming across that border, obviously, jihadis, uh, Islamic terrorists, and um, Many, many dozens have been intercepted, and that's, that's how we know about some of them, but what about all the ones that have not been intercepted? Um, and then also all the uh, single adult, uh, you know, military-aged men from China. And uh, the reporting on that shows that at least some of those very likely belong to a special operations unit of the People's Liberation Army that's called the Jungle Tigers. And no, they did not come through ports of entry, uh, you know, flashing their uh, CBP-1 app on their cell phones that, you know, given to them along with the clothing, the shoes, the backpacks, and the reloadable debit cards given to them by the United Nations, which we fund, and or the uh, United States non-governmental organizations, meaning charities like the uh, Catholic Charities, the Methodists, the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, and all the rest. Our taxpayer dollars paying for all of that. And now our cities paying for everything else, the costs that go along with trying to uh, take care of. Uh, in the middle of winter, which it is now, um, millions upon millions of illegal aliens 
that never should have been allowed across that border in the first place. And that's true. And don't forget the fentanyl. Shouldn't forget the fentanyl. We're talking about narco traffickers coming across that border too. Absolutely. Uh, fentanyl, one of the most deadly opioids, there are more, but that's certainly one of them that's gotten a lot of attention uh, coming across our border. We know uh, that uh, during the uh, Trump administration, when he met at one point with uh, Xi Jinping of China, uh, he told Xi, stop that flow of fentanyl, no more, stop it. And she said, okay. And so uh, instead of shipping the finished fentanyl out of China to Mexico, where the cartels there, by the way, in collaboration with Hezbollah, traffic mm -hmm. the uh, the finished uh, pills, the tablets uh, across our border. Uh, now what China does is ships across the precursor chemicals to Mexico, where the drug cartels mix them up. And, uh, China supplies the pill presses also, which are uh, the, the equipment they need to press out uh, pills to make the tablets. And uh, so China can say, well, we're not exporting fentanyl anymore, you know, just, just some chemicals. But the flow continues. And more than 100,000 Americans are dying every single year of opioid poisoning. Uh, and a good percentage of that, 70% or more, due to fentanyl. Um, this is chemical warfare. When we think about China and we think about the Chinese Communist Party, unrestricted warfare, the uh, Chinese uh, military manual published in English, at least in 1999, um, there's a page in there. There's a page in the middle of it, which lists over two dozen different kinds of warfare uh, that the Chinese Communist Party and the PLA, People's Liberation Army, deploy against us. And among them are what you might expect things like conventional warfare um, and also um, technological warfare, trade warfare, etc. But right in the middle of that list, biochemical warfare. They tell us straight up. And then again, in May of 2019, they told us again in the, uh, the regime uh, media outlet called the Xinhua News, uh, they published the fact that China is now at a people's war with the United States. And too many observers or analysts thought, oh, well, they just mean that's in the context of the trade war then going on uh, between the United States and China. It's a trade war, you know, tariffs and that sort of thing. No, a people's war is unrestricted warfare. It's any kind of warfare. There's nothing uh, that is not used. Um, by the Chinese Communist Party and the PLA uh, to uh, to destroy America. And, and certainly fentanyl, chemical warfare, uh, is part of that. So is biological warfare. And we can talk about that as well. We'll get to that in a minute. But there is one question I need to ask you, because there's a question that's going in everybody's mind. And they're saying, OK, you have the left and you have the right. And you have the mainstream media and everybody has its agenda and the agendas are all different. But the one thing that most people you would think would want in America is to be able to live free. Why is it that they're outside of Donald Trump, MAGA and people like us that are jumping up and down? 
Why has there until now been this complete, well, it's not that important type thing? Because the one thing that, that everybody should have been concerned about are terrorists coming across that want to blow something up. Yeah, and I, I really don't think that the terms left and right have a lot of significance anymore. Um, mm. What we are looking at, though, and, and you're right to point this out exactly, uh, is that forces of communism, Marxism, in league with the Islamic movement, uh, fronted by the Muslim Brotherhood and all of its groups here in the United States, uh, have a worldview that uh, has infiltrated our society and the institutions of our society from academia uh, to the government at every level, uh, local, state, federal, uh, to include uh, business and industry, Wall Street uh, companies, uh, to include entertainment, Hollywood, uh, sports even, uh, and certainly, of course, the media, most including, of course, the uh, social media. But, but the, the, the ideology, the, the worldview, the Weltanschauung, if you will, of uh, this infiltration is uh, based on the idea that America and what our founding fathers bequeathed to us in the Judeo-Christian-based documents of our founding, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, our Bill of Rights, that all of that is a force for ill in the world and that it needs to be taken down. And too many. Now, these are among what you might call elites. Uh, this is not, I think, at all uh, the broad majority of, of, of the American people, but elites who have gained influence and power uh, through uh, infiltrating and co-opting those sectors of society we just mentioned, uh, make it sound uh, like there is a much, you know, bigger influence, um, I think, uh, for, for this uh, malign ideology that includes, you know, DEI, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, CRT, um, you know, critical race theory, and, and all the rest of the nonsense. Um, make it sound like that is, you know, more uh, dominant. Well, it is dominant, but, but more widespread than it actually is. And I think now, um, this year in particular, we're going to see um, the, the voices of the majority of the American people, the American citizen patriots, rising up and saying, whoa, we didn't, we didn't vote for this. This is not what we believe. This is not what we stand for. And um, we want to change. We want to go back to America as we knew it growing up. And we have to do this now because, see, and I think what you're saying, people, if you look at it, and this is what we've been talking about for maybe the last year uh, on, on this podcast, you're looking at America first, as Donald Trump would envision it about. We have our own constitution and it gives us freedoms that no other countries in the world have. So it looks like it's America first versus globalism and versus the globalists. And the globalists will get onto this international initiative and all this garbage and sewage that we're seeing coming in. And part of that, you mentioned the name China. And it just seems to me 
that most Americans are sleeping on China because China's somewhere over there or like over in Iraq over there or over in Russia over there. And they're really not paying attention. So but can you kind of fill us in on why China has become uh, a threat that we better take seriously? Well, it absolutely is a threat we need to take seriously. Uh, and um, certainly since the rise of Xi Jinping uh, as uh, the, uh, the ruler of, of China, the head of the Chinese Communist Party, um, which now goes back a couple of uh, 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 terms in office, typically in China, um, the, uh, the leadership uh, will serve a five-year term and, and maybe a second five-year term. Well, he got things changed around so that he's now serving his third five-year term since the rise of Xi Jinping, uh, who, who is an absolute um, dictator, ruler, uh, Marxist. Uh, he has revived the idea in China that the Chinese regime, the power of China, should be the hegemon, the ba of the entire world. And that in decades of the 20th century, let's say, China lost that influence, that power, and she is determined to grab it back and seize the United States of America and those of our friends and allies and partners in the world and the region, certainly of the Middle uh, of the Far East, um, as uh, uh, his enemies. And um, and so using um, really. Sun Tzu based unrestricted warfare in that whole long list of kinds of warfare we mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, he has unleashed warfare against the United States. Now, people may not have been immediately aware of that, um, but, but as things become known, for example, um, the news carried last year showed how many, a number of secret police stations of China mm. around the, these are not diplomatic facilities. China has an embassy in Washington, D.C. It has a United Nations mission in New York, and it has a remaining four um, consulates around the country, one in New York, one in Chicago, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Formerly, it had a fifth. That was in uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, but uh, during the Trump administration in the summer of 2020, then Secretary of State Mike Pompeo closed that Chinese consulate in Houston, and uh, he named uh, espionage and intellectual property theft as reasons for closing that 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 uh, consulate. But if those were the only reasons, eh, then why are the other four consulates still open? In addition to the police stations, in addition to something else, a group of what they call special service stations all still open. Well, I think perhaps the reason might be that at the Houston consulate of Beijing, uh, they were doing something else. The, uh, the CCP and the PLA had dispatched an undercover unit. We know this from a uh, reporting by Radio Free Asia, by the way, in translation for me. Uh, they had dispatched a, um, an undercover unit of the PLA that summer, remember when everything was on fire, cities across the United mm -hmm. States. And um, that undercover unit had the task of drawing up a list of Americans 
that uh, they determined um, might be amenable, might be able to be influenced in the direction of uh, joining the street riots of that, of that summer uh, by Antifa and Black Lives Matter movement. They drew up the list and then they made videos which they pushed out over, wait for it, TikTok to yep. the list of Americans they'd already drawn up. And in those videos, they were demonstrating and encouraging, you know, how to join the street protests, how to join the violence. I think that might be a better answer as to why Secretary Pompeo closed the Houston consulate. But but so taken together, you know, we've talked about their embassy, their diplomatic presences, presence. We've talked about their secret police stations. We've talked about their um, uh, special service stations. Uh, we've mentioned before the hordes of young, single, um, military-aged Chinese men, jungle tigers among them, coming across our border. Uh, people have become aware of a lot of this through media reporting over the last really maybe only a year or two. Um, I, so I think that's part of why uh, people are now more aware than they used to be. Certainly the fentanyl, the drug uh, crisis that hits cities and families across the country. Um, and then of course, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, the virus pandemic unleashed by China probably in mid to later on 2019, spread to the entire world. Uh, obviously, a bioengineered virus, SARS-CoV-2, stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, COV, coronavirus, dash two, two, because the first one was unleashed or got out of China back in 2003. So SARS-CoV-2, um, you know, really got people's attention, uh, and especially because Donald Trump was president in, in the years, um, certainly 2019 and 2020, and fingered, named China, um, you know, as the source of this. Now, whether that virus got out on purpose or by accident, to be determined, but it absolutely was bioengineered as a biological weapon in the PLA laboratories of China, uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology has many labs in it, a whole bunch of BSL-2, biosafety level two, BSL-3, and one uh, BSL-4 level laboratory, uh, probably got out of that BSL-4, one way or another on purpose or by accident. Uh, but that got the attention of the American people over the last, you know, several years now, uh, and they realize um, what malevolence um, the uh, CCP regime in Beijing has for the United States, and the fact that this is an all-out assault by the Chinese regime against America and Americans. Claire, and you didn't even mention the uh, all the money coming from communist China being poured into the elite institutions such as Harvard and some of these colleges. I mean, we're, we're just I'm totally under assault. Is there one? What else there? You give me one more here. That's that's that we really need to wake up in lieu of coming into an election year. Something else that is really, really putting us on the brink. 
Well, I mean, I'll just I'll just add to what you just said because you're absolutely right to mention academia and the penetration of Chinese money through uh, the Confucius Institutes for one, uh, which even though some are shut down, they, they pop back up again with different names. So we're not Confucius Institutes, we're something else. Uh, no, uh, same thing, new name. Uh, and also the Thousand Talents Program uh, through which the Chinese Communist Party um, co-ops our professors, deans uh, of, of universities um, with, with paid uh, inducements, shall we call them. Um, and uh, unless those universities are very vigilant about demanding full ex, uh, ex, uh, disclosure um, of the um, you know, income, where's the income coming from to their professors, deans, and so forth, um, some of this slides by. Uh, but it's very much there. It's very much an influence. So, um, you know, uh, the same kind of, you know, monetary inducements have co-opted. Um, we've mentioned a lot about public health, so we'll mention it again. But um, the way that the Chinese Communist Party lured our own public health officials at the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, the NIAID, and so forth uh, into collaborating uh, with the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Liberation Army, uh, in the bio uh, weapons program of the Chinese regime was very clever. Uh, they appealed to uh, the um, uh, the arrogance, um, uh, the uh, the desire of, of of these different officials uh, to do what they want to do. Uh, consequences be damned. Uh, we're going to do gain of function, and if it gets outlawed here in the United States, we'll just offshore it over to the Wuhan Institute of Virology or other uh, BW establishments, uh, institutes in China. Um, so, you know, they've been co-opted. Uh, Wall Street's been co-opted. Uh, we, we mentioned, you know, entertainment and sports, uh, Hollywood movies. Uh, the villain is never a, a Chinese red communist, is it, anymore? or if it ever was. Um, and, you know, then the media. Um, we know now through excellent reporting coming out of the National Pulse in particular, Rahim Kassam's uh, media uh, outlet online, and uh, superb reporting from uh, reporters there like Natalie Winters, uh, going back to 2020, 2021, about how the Chinese Communist Party uh, lured writers, journalists, uh, even the publishers of our media, the print media, the uh, TV media, cable channels, um, and the online media, you know, um, you know, like Facebook, like Instagram, uh, like you name it, lured them with nice all expense paid packages, uh, junkets to China, where they got to go see the Great Wall of China and enjoyed the wonderful uh, Chinese cuisine and the food and, and maybe took in a few theatrical performances. Uh, wonderful. And they come back and, uh, you know, they, well, they never write. They never speak another uh, opposing word against the Chinese Communist Party. That's how that works. Oh, gosh. Claire, thank you very much for this. You know, tell people what we can do, because every time I do a show and people listen and they go, Oh, your guests are great, but what what are we going to do about it? What can be done about this situation? If we're teetering on the brink, what can we, the people, do? 
that don't have a megaphone, some people, and don't have a microphone, or all you have is your vote, what, what can people do to try and at least wake up a sleeping country, wake up their friends and neighbors or whatever to try and stem this tide while we still have time to correct this? Well, I really do think that the, the individual American citizen patriot um, still has an incredibly important role to play. Yes, of course, you know, going to the polls and voting, getting involved personally, if you have the time and you can do it, want to do it, uh, you know, as poll watchers or election officials, uh, to, to monitor the election integrity of our elections, to get involved with local election integrity groups, if you have the time and, and the inclination to do that, um, to work with these local patriotic groups in whatever way you can. Um, but also, uh, let's, let's look at academia, to be aware of what's going on at schools that members of your family, the young people, uh, where they might be students right now. What do you know about the curriculum going on, uh, being taught at, at, at those institutions? Um, what about, and we haven't really touched on this even, but you know, the, the, the explosion since the October 7 Shabbat massacre in Israel, uh, the explosion here in the United States elsewhere too, but here on our streets, on our campuses of horrific Jew hatred, anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Be aware if you uh, have, you know, younger family members that are on such campuses, or if you are perhaps yourself an alumnus of one of these institutions, you might want to think twice about donating to that school. You might want to think twice about sending a letter to the president of, of one of these institutions, uh, pointing out your concerns and um, asking for more accountability about what is permitted on campus, uh, what is contained in the curriculum, what kind of organizations like Muslim Brotherhood, Muslim Student Association, the Students for Justice in Palestine, for example, which is the campus branch of the AMP, American Muslims for Palestine, um, a Muslim Brotherhood uh, front group that's very close to Turkey of all places. Um, know and realize what's going on with these different things uh, and make your voices heard. Uh, be active online, on social media, if that's what you'd like to do. Uh, be active uh, calling in or writing in to your local uh, TV, radio, or podcast uh, presentations, if you have the time to do that. Um, there are a lot of different things you can do, um, but, but these are just some of the ideas. And, and I'll tell you, I think... Certainly since the lockdowns, um, you know, the pandemic era lockdowns of 2020, 2021, parents more than ever before, of course, they're busy. They've got families, they've got responsibilities, they've got jobs. But this time, at this time, they were stuck at home just like the kids were. And maybe for the first time, they actually realized looking over the kids' shoulders as they were doing remote learning uh, on the laptops at the kitchen table, what was being taught to those kids? And I think the reaction of many parents was first uh, surprise and astonishment, and then um, they were appalled and they were angry. And then what did they do? So many of them, they began to participate more closely in school board meetings taking their concerns to the local school board. Uh, and if necessary, 
pulling their kids out of GovEd and enrolling them either in another school uh, that aligns more closely with their own values or maybe even moving to homeschooling when, when they were able to do that, which not everybody can, but some and many did. So these are some of the things that uh, I see around the country. Um, these are some of the things I see um, gathering, you know, gathering steam, if you will. Um, and certainly now during this, this election season, uh, watch the campaign trail. Uh, I am concerned that we're going to see a great deal of chaos and tumult on that campaign trail this year as what we call the red-green axis, red communist Marxist that we talked about, green, the Islamic movement in this country, of course, Muslim Brotherhood and its various front groups, uh, as they team up ideologically different as they may be, their singular objective right now is to tear apart America, to tear down um, our, our Judeo-Christian based institutions, pillars of society, um, and I think uh, what we need to be aware of is there's at least the possibility uh, of that kind of uh, joint action, which we saw, for example, in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, January 13th, just a couple weeks ago. Um, and uh, that was the March for Gaza, as they called it. March numeral for Gaza.org was the website. You can still find it. And... Uh, Look at the list if you have the time to do that. Go to that website. Take a look at the list of the supporting organizations, which were not all present that day uh, in downtown Washington, D.C., to um, march and show their support for the uh, Hamas jihadi monsters that raped and, and killed and, and, and brutalized um, the, the Israelis and, and others, including Americans killed and still held hostage to this day. Uh, on the day of the Shabbat massacre, but you look at the list, and and that list goes over a three hundred and fifty groups long. That's how long that list is. It took me thirteen pages to print it out, and it not only includes a who's who of the Muslim Brotherhood in America, but it also includes many outright communist organizations: Freedom Road Socialist Organization, Communist Party USA. Uh, World Workers uh, Party, uh, and and so many more. Answer. Um, so uh, that is the red-green coalition we're talking about. We saw them in Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think we're going to see more of that on the campaign trail uh, through this year of 2024. Yeah, and this is what we're up against, people. They're all aligning against we the people. They're all aligning against their constitution. They're all aligning against America's sovereignty because, as Claire said, they want either communism or they want Islam. And as Trevor Loudon, our friend, likes to say, uh, if they win, then they can fight over who's going to be in control, the communists or the Islam. But it would be over our carcasses. Can't allow that to happen. No way, no shape, no how, not in our America. Claire, I really thank you for coming back. You're always welcome to come back. And uh, please tell people how they can reach you and anything you'd like to promote. Well, please do go to theunitedwest.com or .org, uh, and you will find a couple of uh, key uh, features at the website. The one we already mentioned, Defend the Border. 
And that is all about the southern border. Videos, documentary, uh, articles that we have written or posted there. Uh, have a look at the American Truth Project. Go to Citizens Commission on National Security. Also have a look at the National, I'm sorry, the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, where I am on uh, the advisory board there. Uh, and I'm on social media too, all of them, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Truth Social, of course, and Telegram. Claire, keep on doing what you're doing. We need more people like you. And it's not just having the information. The key is you are willing to put it out and put it out unabashedly and proudly. So I thank you very much for coming on again. And, uh, you know, we can't we can't lose this one, because if we lose this one, uh, I don't even want to see what the country's going to look like. So once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Gary, for having me. There you have it. Once again, Claire Lopez, please take this seriously, people, because we're in the fight of our life. But uh, we're not, you know, I really, truly believe we will rally and get this done one way or the other. Claire Lopez. I want to thank Claire Lopez for being so informed about what is going on the inside but of equal importance being willing to share it with us to try and help we the people learn what is happening so we can help try and keep this country safe and keep this country free. Claire puts it out there. We have to take this, run with it, share it with our friends, our relatives, whoever we know, because this threat and the threats we talked about today are very real. And they're coming for us. They're coming for us. But we, not on our watch, America, not on our watch. No way, no shape, no how. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can get the video version at RadioInfluence.com, YouTube, Rumble, and Conservative Television of America. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. You can also find the archive to the podcast, the audio version, with all kinds of guests, over 150 high-profile guests who've been on the show, including the likes of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Kevin Sorbo, Naomi Wolf, Monica Crowley, Ben Carson, Brigitte Gabriel, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Vince Everett Ellison, uh, Diamond and Silk, Tom Holman, uh, it, the list is long. Carrie Lake, who's now in the news, she's been a guest. There's all kind of people that would like you to check out. I'm sure you'll find some things that you would like to hear, to try and help keep our country what it is, safe and free. So that's about it for now, folks. This is your host, Gary Benford. Until the next time, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.